Y'all ready to get rowdy? Yeah. So this is going might come down from the ceiling. Like we're introducing boxers. Um, you know, make your way back in and we'll get ready to jump. We'll get ready to dive in. I'm excited about today because so many uh, speed bumps have occurred this morning to various people. We've had... We've had our own set of physical injuries. We've had some people had flat, flat tires trying to get here, um, which I think every time that happens generally means the Lord wants to do something. And he's trying to, and the devil's doing his best to, to try and interrupt it, try to keep us off track. So uh, I'm hopeful that this is what, that this will touch, this will touch who it needs to, to touch. So today we're going to be talking about uh, John 10. If you've got your Bibles, you can open up to John chapter 10. We'll be reading verses 3 through 5. And let's read that text, and then, we'll get, and then we'll pray, and we'll get started. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he, gathers his, after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Father, thank you so much for your presence. Father, for your voice, for leading us. Lord, I pray you would give us ears to hear. Father, I pray that you would uh, flow through me to say the things you want to say and that there wouldn't be any distraction from what you have to say today. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo. All right. Y'all okay? Y'all doing good? All right. It's very weird because the back, the back curtains aren't there, and I'm not used to it, and I just stand there, and I'm like, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. Uh, I want to talk to y'all today about hearing God's voice. And, and that passage in John 10, Jesus is speaking, and he's talking. He's, ju- he's just had some Pharisees do their, do their smart thing and, and, talk, and, and talk condescendingly to them, and then he goes on to explain things that they are confused by. And this is in that in that little bit and he's he's talking to them in a crowd of people about hearing his voice. Uh and this was something for the personally for me that I I didn't have growing up. I in church growing up as a kid, this wasn't something that was talked about a lot. Um it was more hey, welcome to Christianity, you're saved. Yay. Um now go read your Bible and pray and stuff, and God will do things. And that's true. God will, <laughs> God will still do stuff. But we always we hear the we hear the phrase, it's about relationship. It's not about religion. It's about relationship, and it's about uh, knowing your purpose and communing with God and all this other stuff. And I I just growing up, I never had any anybody practically explain to me. Hey, this is these are ways in hearing God. This is how God speaks. Not that this is an exhaustive list, but these these are some common ways he's spoken. And these are ways that you can have dialogue with God. God is not a God where you're just talking one way at him and hoping it works out. It's a two-way it's a two-way street where he's talking to you about things you're talking to him about and vice versa. So, so why is it important? Well, it says right there in verses 3 through 5 that he leads his gather he gathers his flock they know his voice and they follow him he leads them well because they know his voice 
So if we don't know how to hear God, we can't understand very clearly or at all where we should go. So it's very important to to have ears that hear so you can hear the Lord say, go this way. Because lots of times the Lord is telling us to go away that's not our favorite. Most of the time in the Bible, the Lord is saying, hey, go this way. And everybody's like, that's crazy. Do you know who's over there? He's like, yeah, just go over there. But I don't want to. Um, so we have to we have to be familiar with God's voice because it's not always going to coincide with what we want. And if we limit it to that, if we limit God's voice to um, favorable circumstances, then we miss out. We miss out totally, or I say totally. We miss out a great deal about what He has for us. So He leads, we follow. We have to know His voice, and we have a purpose. He's prepared us for good works. He's prepared us for specific good works. He's prepared us for our individual ministries, not necessarily vocationally, but what we're, where we are in life, and who we who we touch and interact with. So we have to be sensitive to His voice because that's when He speaks to us. Because maybe He's wanting to speak to someone else that's in our sphere of influence. Does that make sense? So that's why it's important. So here's our key point. If you don't hear anything else, hear this one thing. To hear God, we must understand who He is and who we are to Him so we can have context for communication with Him. That's a lot in one sentence. To hear God, we must understand who He is and who we are to Him so we can have context for communication with Him. It does us no good if we know who God is and we don't know who we are. Because if if we know God's a good God but we think we're worthless and He doesn't hear us, then there's not going to be much dialogue. There's not going to be a lot of faith on our end. If we think God's an angry God that is only out to punish everyone and and we're all evil and the world's just going to hell in a handbasket, then we don't have context for what a loving father would communicate. So communication with God, so we've got we've got we have to have context, and then there are key fundamentals that give us that context. The first one is communication with God is relational, not transactional. Now transactional's kind of sounds abstract, but bear with me. God doesn't require something of us in order to give, him, give some of himself to us. Does that make sense? If I'm, if I'm saved, if, the, if Christ lives in me, if I just say yes to Jesus, now Holy Spirit is, it, it lives in me and I have communion with him. Whether or not I do the right thing the next go around, like if I step out of line, if I sin, I don't have to make that ground back up in order to hear God's voice. Yes, no, maybe. Yes, this is yes. This is yes. So God is relational. And I'll give you an example. Here lately, I, if, you don't, if you don't know, Megan and I have a newborn. She is lovely, and she is so cute and tiny. And she doesn't sleep at all. I say that. She sleeps, but she sleeps on other people or when she's with other people that aren't us. And then when she's with us, she just farts and cries and farts some more. 
so we haven't we haven't gotten a lot of sleep lately. We've we've intermittently gotten sleep. But I say that to say my my quiet time, my time with the Lord, the 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 dedicated time I try to give the Lord has suffered because of that. And so I found myself being we're in a new season in in the in the church in the office with with lots of changes and there's lots of things happening in the first of the year. So I found myself being very busy and overly busy to the point where sometimes I'm not getting into the word. Sometimes my prayers are moment to moment. They're not, all right, Lord, let's sit down and have 30 minutes, an hour, whatever. They're moment to moment. I'm walking from one thing to the next thing going, Lord, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm doing whatever. I need your help. Here I am. And, and my, my quality time is not what it has been in this season of my life. The wonderful thing about this is God is relational. He's not transactional. So God meets me in every moment. He's happy to see me or hear me in every moment. He's not sitting there tapping his foot with his arms crossed going, we haven't, we haven't sat down and spent time together. He is talking to me in the busyness of, my se- in the busyness of this season and he is completely faithful in that. And I've been so overwhelmed with it because every time I'm like, like preparing for this message, I, my preparedness level has, to my standard, been very low. I, got, I've, I've got, I knew what I was going to talk about. I had time to sit there and go, go through it. But like the last time I did this, I had a few days where it was like, all right, let's just get in. Let's turn on some worship music. And, Lord, we're just going to read through this. And we're going to get into diving scripture. We're going to cross-reference. We're going to learn all the things. And I have not had that time this go around. And so I'm putting it together. And I feel, I feel coming, coming to, the, to the front, am I adequately prepared? And the Lord has reaffirmed me every time. Like in the, in the tiny moment I had to, to begin to prepare for the message in the 30 minutes after everybody went to bed where I was like, okay, Lord, let's talk about this. It was like, bleh. There you go. He's faithful. It's not about my what I can do for him so he can do for me. He wants to be, he wants to talk to me, even if I've only got five minutes. So I say that to say friends pick up where they left off. If you've got a long distance friend, I have a long distance friend. We we communicate via memes, if you know what memes are. Uh, and we're just in a group text, and we hit each other back. But we see each other about once a year around the holidays. And when we come in, we just pick up where we left off. We just, we just both step into the moment, start talking, and, and it's, like we never, it's like we never left each other. And that's what God does with us in those seasons of busyness. And in, in maybe it's your own choice to be busy, and maybe you're not even seeking the Lord. He's still right there every time you're like, well, this is going on. And he's like, yeah, I'm right here. Well, you want to talk about it? He's just right there. He's completely faithful. And I want to encourage you with that because that's something that I, I struggled with for a long time, understanding that my obedience didn't have anything to do with God's love. God loved me first before I even decided to be obedient. Thank God, because it took 28 years to get here. So that's another story. So communication with God is relational. It's not transactional. He calls, a, he calls his sheep by name. Every time Jesus talked to an individual, typically, oh, not the Pharisees, because those guys. Um, when he talked to an individual, he addressed them as child, 
son or daughter. And this was unheard of. This was when God's an angry God because you're working on the Sabbath and you're not following all the rules. And then Christ shows up and he's, every time he's, he sees the Samaritan woman who had five husbands and was living with her, with her boyfriend, he, when he interacted with her, he called her daughter, which was a mind-blowing thing in itself because he's speaking to her. But even then, in the midst of her sin, is calling her out by name, daughter, who she is, calling out what he sees in her, not what we see on the outside, what he sees on the inside, because God sees the heart. It's the same way when, when he, you hear when he says uh, about David, a man after God's own heart. Well, this is right after Bathsheba, and he's done all this sin, and he, and he had an affair with this lady and a child with her, and he sent her husband to war to die so he could get rid of him. Right after that, David's a man after my own heart. Not because he did all that stuff, but because God sees through all that and to the core of who we are and who he's called us to in Christ. So we are sons and daughters. And this is key to understand when you're having communion with God. Because if you don't think you're worthy, you're not going to talk to God like you're worthy. You're not going to be bold in your prayer. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna be in, a, in a, a feeling sorry for yourself in a please don't hit me kind of way when you're talking to God. So it's important to understand that you're a son or a daughter. And that he calls you by name and that you are righteous in Christ. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 22, it says, Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. He has brought you into his own presence, not of your own doing. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. If you believe in Jesus, this is who you are. You're a son, you're a daughter, and you stand before God holy and blameless Without a single fault. That's what without a single fault. He does not look at any of the flaws when he sees you. He sees his child and he is well pleased with you. So these are keys to understanding. You're righteous in Christ. That Christ's blood cleanses you of all unrighteousness. When you talk to Jesus and when Jesus talks to you, there's no obstruction. Everybody on board? All right. So when he, he always affirms our identity. So that, that, that leads me to this, this story talking about how God talks to people. So right after, so last year sometime, I had just, I don't even remember what it was, but I for sure had just intentionally sinned. No doubt about it. Was, was doing the whole repentance bit. Was folding some laundry and was telling Jesus I was sorry. And because um, there's, a, there's a godly sorrow that follows that follows our, our intentional sinning. And I was upset with myself. I was disappointed. And I was telling the Lord about it. And I was just like, and then he, he dropped in, sent me over to Second Timothy where it talks about being a tool for honorable use, where utensil for honorable use, where um, you want to be set aside. You want to keep a pure life so that you can be set aside as an instrument for honorable use. And so I took that, I didn't pay, this is where I'm telling you, I didn't pay attention. I read, I read that and I, and I heard that, but my, what I took in here was, you're supposed to be a tool for honorable use, so quit doing that thing you were doing. That's what I heard. And I was like, yeah, Lord, you're right, I need to quit doing that thing. And I kept, I kept folding my laundry. And uh, the Lord stopped me. 
he that this just he kept it's like he's it's like he's doing this right here like when your kid's trying to get your attention and you're talking to somebody else and I was like what what is it what what and he was like go back and I read it again and he revealed what he had meant you're still a tool for honorable use. He just reaffirmed who I was. And guys, I just started crying. Because in the midst of my intentional stumbling, God didn't come in and say, hey, let's work on this. Let me give you a strategy about how you're going to fix it. He picked me up and said, you're still my son in whom I'm well pleased. He reaffirmed the truth of who I was and didn't point out or rub my sin in my face. And I want to encourage you, when you understand that God is not interested in your sin other than to deliver you from it, that when you stumble, he's just there to pick you up and keep moving forward. He's not going to come at you and condemn you and shame you about what you've done, even if it's two seconds ago. He's going to lift you up and call you out for who you are, because the truth will set you free. If you understand that you're holy and blameless and without a single fault, then that'll free you from holding on to all this baggage that's behind you. Everybody on the same page? No? We're going to make it. We're going to make it. So he calls us by his name. Communication with God's relational. He calls us by name. And the sheep know his voice. So in order, let me see where I want to go here. Knowing his voice requires us to be familiar with who he is. And you learn about, the, you learn about God from here. Not, this, not just this one book, but the Bible. And that's why... That's why the word is so important, because it gives us that context of who he is, what his nature is, so that when he speaks, we can understand it's his voice and not the stranger's voice. That Okay, so now I'm going to wander over here into a controversial area. Is everybody prepared? There are some schools of thought that have limited the way you can hear the Lord to you can only hear the Lord by reading the Bible. He can communicate in no other way. And that there is truth in that the Lord communicates through his word. That is true. What's not true is that it's the only way. This is the firm foundation. Don't get me wrong. If you don't have the word in you, you're going to hear all kinds of different voices, and you're not going to know which one's which. But the Lord talked to Balaam through a donkey. And that I don't believe the donkey was part of the book of the law. So don't put God in that box. If that's, if that's a way you've been raised, I don't want to tell you that you're not, you're not wrong, but there's more. There's more. And in Romans 10, verse 17, this is New King James. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. And that's, 
that's where a lot of that's where a lot of that limitation. Some people dive into that and say, "Well, that just means right there you can only hear by the word of God." And what I want to try to extract from that is faith, which is you can also use that word as trust, comes by hearing. But we've reduced that to mean God only speaks from His word. But what it really means is that we must be familiar with his word to know who he is and the nature of his voice, uh, which is it's, it's what we just talked about. So God, is, God wants to speak to us, and he wants to speak to us in different ways, but it doesn't help us if we have no context for his voice versus the voice of the stranger, which is why it's critical to be in the word, and it's critical to be, to, to be putting this in your body, not, because, not, not that you want to study it as a textbook, though you're not going to be harmed by that, but you're reading it to know the author. You're reading it to know who he is. Because I'm going to tell you, it's going to be real boring if this is it, and when we all get to heaven, he's like, well, this is who every bit of, for all eternity, these however many pages, this is all, we're just going to be repeating these words over and over again. There's, there's, there's a whole lot more, but we, we have to know who he is from the Scripture. Everybody offended? <laughs> I know, Brandon. We'll pray for you later. So, in keeping with that theme, to understand, to know His voice, we know that Scripture says, God is love. And that love is reflected when He speaks. That's His heart. His heart is from love when He speaks. And this is a great... A great way to put context around it in the Passion Translations, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Y'all, I don't know if you can, that's sort of, I want to call it like, that's the definition of the intent, the motivation of God's voice when he speaks to us. If I could identify one personally for me, incredibly patient. <laughs> he's, very, he's so patient. Gentle, consistently kind. Does not traffic in shame or disrespect. If you hear a voice that is shaming you, that tells you you're no better because of this thing in, the, in, in your past or is disrespectful to you, that's not the voice of the Lord. The Lord down, it, down here further says, loves joyfully and celebrates honestly. Love is a safe place of shelter, never stops believing the best for others, and love never takes failure as defeat, which is what we were talking about when the Lord reaffirms who you are even in the midst of your sin. Hey, son, hey, daughter, picks you up, brings you out of that, doesn't hold you back down in there and, and, and shame you and say, look what you did, you're no good to me. So as you read Scripture, 
this section in particular, you have to understand these are, these are attributes of his voice. So you can begin to form an idea when you hear something, when you think you hear something, or you receive something from someone else, or you misread Scripture, like I did, you have context for what you have context for what he's saying to you. Just like he stopped me reading scripture and said, no, 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 read it again. You can stop when you hear shame or disrespect or you hear something that takes or that believes in, believes in you as a failure or that is short and angry with you and understand that that's not, the Lord's, that's not what the Lord is speaking to you. And the other part of knowing his voice is as much as I wish... It was loud and booming. It is most oftentimes still and small. In 1 Kings 19, Elijah uh, is told to go out and he sees all these different things. He sees a fire, a whirlwind, an earthquake, and each time he's, he, he's like, the Lord, the Lord was not in it. And then he hears a small whisper and recognizes the Lord. And I'd love to tell you, there are people that... that audibly hear the Lord's voice, and I'm jealous, because a long time ago, when we first started coming here, the, the, one of the words I got was, subtlety was going to be part of my legacy, and I was like, I don't even know what that means, and what I've understood it to mean is that <laughs> I don't get a big booming voice. The Lord talks to me in subtle ways lots of times. I miss, but it makes me pay attention. So, it's a still small voice. In Proverbs 25, 2, it says, It's God's privilege to conceal things and the king's privilege to discover them. We're the kings. We're the saints. God delights in concealing things so that we'll find them. If, if anything, it keeps the relationship interesting. Most, I won't say most, one of the key attributes in hearing the Lord's voice is to be humble. And with a still, small voice, you entice the humble. Because the proud, the proud aren't paying it any attention anyway. The proud are focused on themselves. In Psalm 138.6, Though the Lord is great, he cares for the humble, but he keeps his distance from the proud. It's hard to hear a whisper if you're far away. So in this upside-down kingdom, where the least are the greatest and the greatest are the least, if we want to be the closest we can to God to hear the whisper, we have to stay humble. And most often, whether we like it or not, lots of times we have to be still and wait. I'm not good at that. I don't know if y'all are. We've got a bunch of incredibly patient people in the house today. Amen? No, <laughs> just two, two. I want my answer right now. Lord, here's this prayer. I'm going to wait an obligatory 30 seconds. To receive your wonderful answer. And it never happens. I say never. There are times when he's like, this is the answer. Um, but I want to encourage you. 
it's like, uh, especially for big decisions. Like for me, I was praying about, should I leave healthcare? I told the Lord a long time ago, I gave him my yes. I gave him my yes, my unconditional yes, and told him then, if I need to give up everything I've done for the past 12 years, I'll do it. And he didn't, at that time, did not call me, did, did not ask me to change anything about that. And then as this job here at the church became more prominent, I began to pray because I was starting to not enjoy going and working in EMS, having to travel, being in that environment. And so I started praying. I was like, well, Lord, do you want me to, you want me to keep doing it? Do you want me to, to keep going and doing the thing? I, I mean, if I'm going to keep it up, I'm going to have to make sure I go to certain conferences to get CEUs, to keep my license, to do all the stuff. And it was a prayer that I was met with silence most of the time. There was no, the, the heavens didn't open and an angel come down and deliver this golden envelope that said, do this thing right here. It, it was a lot of faith building, put it to you that way. So I'm praying for probably a few months. And uh, one of the guys in our small group comes to me and said, hey, I had this dream about you. And he was like, okay, well, that's cool. What would you have a dream about? And it was about me leaving EMS. And he, and he laid out, he said, he said, I don't, he was kind of joking. It, once I was like, well, this was something I've been praying about. Then he got real nervous because he was like, oh, no, now I have to deliver something from the Lord. And, um, and anyway, he, he, what, he, what he basically told me was, if you leave this area, it will open up more time for you and the things that God has for you. And I was like, okay, all right. And then I, I sat on that some more. I wasn't going to rat just, just jump in that ship. I was like, okay, Lord, well, that's, that got me to the, the 40% ready mark. What's next? Like, confirm it or just make it, I, that's, I guess that was my prayer. Like, make it, give me a strong answer. That makes sense, but are you asking me to leave this job temporarily and keep my keep my healthcare license and keep all that up and potentially go back into it and I prayed on that some more and I got to a conference this last November and overwhelmingly in every message whether it was it wasn't even related to anything like this the Lord was speaking directly to me and saying leave this Burn your plan B. Get out of it completely. I mean, over and over and over again. Like the third time I heard something, it was like a two or three, two and a half day conference. The first two, two like worship and message I heard, I was like, all right, Lord, I'm in. Let's go do it. Let's burn all the things. Where's some gasoline? And, and, but then even it continued. And everything I heard, every message that was delivered, leave this, leave this behind. Leave this behind get rid of it, be done with it, burn your plan B. And so we came back, and I was so affirmed in it that the day, the same day I sent my resignation to the, to the agency I was working for, and I submitted uh, an affidavit to the state to retire my health care license. And, y'all, I've had, I've had that license for 12 years. I worked hard. That was my thing. That was what I was going to be. It wasn't hard to do in the moment. It was hard 
three or four years ago when I told the Lord I'd give it up if, if he wanted me to. I was like, I was scared when I said it. But once I got to here and I was so affirmed by the Lord's voice to do this thing because I waited and was patient and he overwhelmingly affirmed it, it was not, it was super peaceful, super peaceful to send all that. It was, ex- I was excited. Here you go, Lord. I don't know what I'm going to do if this don't work out. Just, just like casting off with no, no paddle in your boat. Like, all right, I'm going to live by faith now. So be patient, especially in big decisions. Be patient and wait on the Lord because he'll answer you. You're not going to run out of time. He created time. He's going to answer you. He's going to make it obvious. You can ask for confirmation. It's not going to be a, he doesn't tease us. He doesn't tease us. That's the best way I can put it to you. So be, be patient and wait for that still, small voice when you're communing with God. Sometimes it's quick. Lots of times it's not. So the call, he calls a sheep by his name. They know his voice, and they won't follow a stranger's voice. Well, if we know God's voice, anything that's not that, anything that doesn't hold the attributes we've discussed or what Scripture says is a stranger's voice. So in John 10.10, 10, it says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If the voice you hear or the voice that's being spoken to you is holding you in shame, is tearing you down, is mocking who you are or saying you're no good, is telling you you're not worthy or you're not talented enough or is trying to entice you to sin, that's a stranger's voice. It has a worldly tone, and its objective is to keep you away from God. But the whole point of all this is that we become so familiar with what, what God's voice sounds like, what its attributes are, because we're so firmly grounded in His Word, and we're so completely committed in our hearts that we can't help but just hear His voice. And when we do hear the stranger's voice, it's really strange, Lots of you already know, but if you don't know, I came out of uh, an addiction to pornography. And tell you, and I tell you, once the Lord delivered me, and once I've become intimately familiar with God, or you know, familiar with God and His voice, it's very easy for me to distinguish a stranger's voice because the stranger wants me to go back there. The stranger says, "Wouldn't it be nice to go over here on the internet?" And it, for a long time, that was a prominent voice that, would, that had a high volume. We'll put it to you that way. But the more I sought the Lord, the more I affirmed who I was and affirmed God's voice and kept moving towards Him and kept distancing myself from my past, the quieter that voice got. And also, in the moments where he gets, a, he gets a foot in the door, the stranger that voice sounded. So I want to encourage you as, you, as you seek the Lord, as you ask to have ears to hear, as you grow in knowing who God is and what He sounds like, 
those things will become clear. This isn't, it's not a, it's not going to be a lot of guessing because we, once you know who God is, it's pretty easy to see who God isn't. Everybody still with me? Only four more hours. <laughs> so we want to be so focused on God that when we hear the stranger, it is crystal clear how different his voice is. So we've covered the, the, the basics for having context, the fundamentals. It's relation, communication with God is relational. It's two-way. He calls us by name. He calls us based on our identity in him. He doesn't focus on our sin. He always focuses on the gold past what we see in us. We know his voice because we know the word. And we don't follow the stranger's voice because the stranger is against what God is saying is against who we are in Christ. So we'll talk about, we're going to talk about some examples of how God speaks. This is not exhaustive. And he may speak differently to you than he does me. He, that's what I want to tell you. I don't want you to get pigeonholed in one way, okay? He talks, he talks to us all the time in many different ways, and I've probably missed a lot of it, okay? I'm not, I'm not the guy with the, I used to, I used to call my mother-in-law the, the lady with the golden telephone because she, paid attention to the Lord's voice before I understood I could also pay attention to the Lord's voice. I'm not the guy with the golden telephone. Every one of you, the Holy Spirit is inside of you because you have received Christ. So the Lord is here. He can speak to you. He's in you. Make sense? Okay. Some examples. So the Lord can speak to us in dreams and visions. I talked about a dream that, that was somebody else had for me. I've had dreams before that have been for other people. Um, if that's something that's new for you or that's unfamiliar, um, some of the ways I, I've grown, it's a lot of it is just taking, taking risk, is if I had it and I remember it for like a week, every single detail, I'm like, I better write this down. Like, and I'll write it down, and I'll be like, Lord, is that for somebody? Or maybe, it's, maybe it involves somebody. I'll be like, if this is for somebody, just, you know, you need to make it, you need to make us connect, or you need to give me some information about it. And, and the few times I've had very specific dreams um, about people, I've, either, I've sought counsel and I've prayed. I've sought counsel for people that are gifted in interpreting dreams. We have some of those people in our church. And, and I've prayed and tried to be intentional about making sure that what I had was for another person. So if this is something like dreams and visions are, are, part, of, are part of what he says that will be, will be uh, given to us in the, the closer and closer we get to Christ's second coming. Uh, that, is, that is one of the ways God speaks. If that's something that you're interested in, start to ask him. Angels is another way. He several times in the Bible, an angel is delivering a message. An angel, the angel Gabriel gave Mary the message that she was pregnant with the Messiah. Now, I don't if is if anybody in here has had an angelic visitation, I'm gonna need to go to your house because I'd like to. I'd like that too. Like I've I've been like, Lord, send an angel, do something cool, because um, that sounds exciting. The other the other piece of that is if an angel shows up, usually he has an assignment. <laughs> so. It's not just a, it's not just a hey, high five. Yeah, I'll see you later. It's like here's this thing. Now go be responsible. 
So angels is a way. I haven't experienced that. But if you have, go you. Go you. Uh, creation. God speaks to his creation. Psalm says the heavens, the skies declare his glory. Uh, if you're familiar with Brother Lawrence, who wrote several different letters that have been combined into a book called Practicing the Presence, uh, he was saved by looking at a tree. He saw its intricacies and its details. He was overwhelmed. He gave his life to Christ. So I want to encourage you, especially like you can, I mean, we all appreciate it to a degree when you see these grand landscape pictures or maybe you go to one of our, you know, a national park and you just see the beauty all at one time. It's like God's glory is declared in that. He speaks in his creation. Impressions and thoughts. This is where we get kind of hung up for some people. Because I'm, I'm, I'm the guy that wants to have the, the inner dialogue. I'm the guy that wants to, to just do it that way, and let's just do it that way, because that's easier for me, Lord. I'd rather you just speak and me hear you, or you just give me the answer that way, and, and we'll be done, and I can get, I can get stuck there. Um, it, it comes back to... It comes back to being intentional to being in the Word. The more the Word's in you, the easier it is to hear Him when He's speaking to you in an impression or speaking to you in an inorga- inorganic thought is the way I put it. Like one time, i give you an example. The heaters in here didn't work. We came in. Uh, Brother Charles said, James, the, the heaters aren't on. It was cold. I was like, wonderful. If you don't know, maintenance in this building is a source of frustration. And I was sitting there. I went and did what I knew to do. I'm not a, I'm not a, a knowledgeable guy in that area. We've got a couple of people we usually call on for that, but they weren't here yet. And I was going to see if I could fix it. So I'm sitting there playing with the thermostat, trying to do things. Go over here and play with that thermostat. Nothing's happening. They're just off. And I'm like, Lord, you're going to have to fix it. Or, you know, you ever prayed that prayer? Fix it, Jesus. Help. That happens a lot in my life. I want to encourage you. So I was like, Lord, you have to do something because I don't know how any of this does. And the thought that came to my mind was go turn the gym lights on. Like, that has nothing to do with anything. But the lights are off and they need to be on. So let's go do that. And as I turned the lights on, the breakers labeled heaters were turned off. And I was like, oh, click, 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 click. Heat came on. So I say that he, sometimes he'll drop a thought in your mind or an impression about if you, if you're around, like one time I was, we were eating in a restaurant and all of a sudden for no reason, I don't really get headaches. I don't have chronic headaches or anything. I I mean, my children give me headaches, but um, that was a joke. Sure, yeah, that was totally a joke. I love my kids every moment. They do not get on my nerves ever. Um, (laughs) This is being recorded. Uh, Where was I? Headache. All right. We were eating at a restaurant, and I just got the worst headache, just suddenly, just dropped on top of me. And I was like, what is happening? Like, was it the burrito? Do I have a headache because of the burrito I ate seconds ago? Um, maybe it's too much chips and salsa. And I got up, and we were we were in the process of checking out, and I was just 
my head was pounding, and I don't get these things. And I looked over at the checkout lady, and she didn't look like she was feeling too hot, and I was like, do you have a headache? She was like, yep. And I was like, give me your hand. We're going to pray this out because I'm uncomfortable. Like, that was, <laughs> that was my thought. It was like, we're going to pray for you because I don't want this headache. Uh, and we prayed, and her headache was relieved. So I want to encourage you. Sometimes you may feel a thing that someone else is feeling, or you might be impressed uh, about something someone else is dealing with. Those, and these are things you pray into. We're going to talk about making ourselves sensitive to that here in a minute. The other way, another way God, God speaks to us, other people. Uh, saved and unsaved, and apparently donkeys. So if you've got some donkeys laying around, you might, you might see if the Lord might speak to you through them. Um, this, this is the, the theme moving into this, this year has, has been about the church and the church being intertwined and the church truly being the church, the body of believers that bear one another's burdens, that interact, that are intimately connected. And you have to be that way so that you can be beyond pleasantries with somebody. So when the Lord speaks through them, you can receive it. Oh, there it goes. Now we're done. I can't even get it up. You have to be intimately connected with others, familiar with others, so that you can receive from others. Because the Lord is going to point us back to family. The Lord is going to, is going to keep us connected and the bond between us strong. We all have roles to play. If you're a elbow in the kingdom of God, be a good elbow because you've got some forearms and some wrists and some hands that have to function. That ain't going to do much good if you're over here not doing it. So people, lots of times, may come in. Maybe it's just to pray for you. Maybe it's something in natural conversation. Maybe it's, maybe it's not even super spiritual, and the gas station attendant just says something weird. And you're like, that's, did somebody talk to you before I came in here? No? Okay. And you walk out. The Lord speaks through his people. And the closer you are to people, the easier it is for him to talk to you. Everybody still here? All right. Two more. Scripture, that's the big one. We have to stay rooted in the Scripture. I know we kind of stepped off into, into our controversy, controversial area uh, earlier with that, but this is really the foundation for everything. If you don't know who he is, if you're not seeking him and reading his word, you can easily get lost in weird stuff. If all you decide, if you decide, you know what, the Lord's only going to speak to me through creation, and I'm not going to read his word. Then all of a sudden you're living by yourself in the forest worshiping trees. That's, it's okay to laugh. It's okay to laugh out loud. Um, or if you decide, the Lord's only going to speak to me in my thoughts, and I'm not going to read his word, you're going to get in some weird areas with your thoughts because you're not going to be able to distinguish who's speaking. And this is why we're grounded in the word, in scripture. And he speaks to us. One of the first, most often the Lord has spoken to me in the scripture. Let me put it to you that way. If you want to hear the Lord's voice, if this is something that's new to you, if this is something you want to grow in, you have to start here. Um, the first place I ever heard the Lord speak to me specifically was in, in the word in John, I think it was 16, 15 or 16. 15. And um, that was a special moment. But that's when I realized it didn't matter what I was, the, 
how do I say this right? You could be reading in, in a quote-unquote boring book. You could be reading in Leviticus, and the Lord will pull something out and be like, this, this thing right here applies to you right now in this situation. So if, any, if, if you hear anything else, start here. If you're, not, if you're trying to, to grow in that, start here in the Word and stay there because that's where all of this, it's, this is the well from which everything else comes. And then finally, circumstances. And this is a pet peeve of mine. It's just based on my background. I have a Baptist background. Um, God speaks, God opens doors no one can open. He shuts doors, no man, or he opens doors that no man can close, and he closes doors no man can open. He will make things happen. And when you're being patient and prayerful, and saying, Lord, I'm not going to screw with it. I'm not going to fiddle with it. I'm going to let you do it. And then he does it. He gets that glory. I don't know if I, y'all, uh, the most recent example is Rusty. Y'all know Rusty. He's gone to East Tennessee now. Bless him. Um, he, did, he, was in this, he was in this area. He was, he was praying, and he said, Lord, I'm just going to do what's in front of me. If I need to make a change, you're going to have to make it happen. And in one week, one week, the job he needed to go to opened. The person that was going to give him the job called him. His job uh, moved in such a way that he could easily leave it without burning any bridges. And every single thing just lined up to where it was like it was like a giant, giant arrow pointing, go this way. So the Lord can, can work those things out. But what I don't want you to get stuck in is that, just like with any of these other things, this is the only way he speaks. Because I've man, I've got I've got friends I'm praying for. That this is the only way it speaks. That this is the only way the Lord speaks to them. That's the that's the mindset. So they're they're stuck in. Well, if it works out, it's the Lord. If it doesn't, it's not. And that's not that's not it. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. Well, you didn't get that job. Guess it wasn't the Lord's will. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm completely in the totally opposite ocean of where God wants me to be, and nothing's going to work out. Like, you don't have any context, and it's all this. It's like a lottery. Like, Lord, let's do this job. Just, just roll the dice. If it works out, it'll be Jesus. There's a place in your life where you can do that, to where you're prayerful and in Scripture and seeking Him. But to, but to say that for everybody else that's wandering around trying not to be sensitive to the Lord's voice, just saying, well, if it works out, it's the Lord. Well, what if it working out is you living with your boyfriend and robbing banks together? Like, what if that's working out for you right now? Probably not, yeah, probably not Jesus. You know, this mafia thing, it's working out pretty good. I got a lot of money in my bank account. I'm pretty happy. Must be Jesus. So don't get pigeonholed in one, one particular method. Stay rooted in the Word because the Lord is going to challenge you. If there's anything that I know He's going to do, He's going to challenge you. And He's going to ask you to do things that you're not comfortable with because He wants you to grow in faith. So if you lock Him down to circumstance and you're like, 
well, if it, if it coincides, this is the best way to put it. If, it. if it coincides with my preference, then it must be Jesus. And that's not true. Because the truth supersedes our preferences. Let's all absorb that. The truth supersedes our preferences. I'm guilty of this. I'm, I'm guilty of it. I prefer one thing, but the truth says something else. But I stick with my preference because it's comfortable. So those are some examples of how the Lord speaks. Now, finally, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bring the plane in. It's on final approach. We've had we've got clearance from the tower. How to grow in hearing God for yourself. So we have context for communication. We know some examples of how he speaks. So how can we put those together and begin to become more sensitive to the Lord's voice? Well, first off, you should spend time with God. Whether it's, I'm, I'm telling you, when I first started, started intentionally seeking the Lord, my, my quiet time was me not having all the understanding. And I use the, the quiet time so cliche. Time with the Lord, whatever it is was me sitting down, opening my Bible, and been like, okay, Lord, I'm going to read this and talk to you some. And here we go. Like, I didn't have a, I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a, a devotional. I didn't have a structure. I knew I was supposed to spend time with Jesus. I didn't know what the Lord's presence felt like until sometime into just being intentional with the Lord. So spend time with spend time with God by yourself with the word whether you're sitting and waiting whether you're reading don't don't try and force it just sit down and spend some time with him have a natural dialogue with the Lord throughout your day if you take don't talk to God in King James if you do and that's how you talk to him and that's working for you don't be insulted Keep keep going with what you're doing, but if you feel like you have, if you feel like you have to speak to him that way, you don't. You can just talk to him, like you talk to your friends, like you talk to yourself. Sometimes, if you have, if you talk to yourself, have a natural dialogue and include him in just whatever's happening in your day. Talk to him about your assignment or your work or your problem or your issue. Uh, it's not always. It's just about engaging him in a natural way like you would anybody else. Ask questions that need specific answers. If you want to grow in hearing the Lord answer your prayers, ask a question that you can know the answer to. Just like I said, Lord, the heater's broke. Fix it. And then he leads me to the answer. Ask questions that have a measurable answer so that you can receive that answer because he delights in answering you he takes joy in answering you but if we ask vague questions because we're afraid we won't hear we'll get vague answers bill johnson said it very well timid prayers get timid answers so ask specifically so he can answer you specifically so spend time with god read the word scripture is holy spirit's springboard more often than not, if the Lord begins to speak with me, it's usually out of here somewhere. I might not even I might not be in it. 
I might be walking around, but it's a story. It's a section of scripture. It's a, it's a, it's a place in the Bible. That's where this, the conversation begins. When I, when I first prayed about this message, I said, Lord, what do you want to talk about? And I began to think about the sheep hearing the shepherd's voice. And I said, where's that? And okay, let me go back. Let me, let me find it. Oh, here, it's, here it is in John 10. And then I began to read it. And then this thing became to, began to come together. That was Holy Spirit's springboard into, into our conversation at that moment. So spend time with him. Spend time in the word. Engage the Lord while you're reading. You get to somewhere that does not make sense and sounds crazy. Go, Lord, this does not make sense and sounds crazy. Why does it sound this way? I think that our, uh, we had a, uh, recently I was talking about love and obedience. And later on in 15, 14 and 15, Jesus talks about if you love me, then you'll be obedient. And I've only ever read that as, well, you'll only love me if I'm obedient. And that was wrong. My obedience is my love, my love expressed back to Christ. But if I just read it and let it go, then I don't have that understanding. I don't have the opportunity to have dialogue, and I don't have the opportunity to have answers. So in those moments where I'm going through there and it says something controversial or it says something I don't agree with, I go, well, Lord, what's this? Tell me. Is it something I need to correct? Is it, what do you mean here? Because answers will come. They may not come in that moment, but answers will come. Be connected to other believers in the church body. The church exists to edify. The, the gifts of the Spirit exist to edify the church. This body of believers, the gifts that God has placed in each one of you, exist to build up each one of you. So we can hear God's voice and connect it with someone else and encourage them. So we have to be connected to those believers in order to hear from them. If you, that's, why, that's why church at home doesn't work. That's why you can't just watch church and be a member of a church because you, the interaction, the person-to-person interaction is part of being in the body. You can. Feels, feels kind of weird when she's behind me not doing anything. <laughs> um, and lastly, seek to be obedient and take risk. There's not, there's not a way to start to learn unless you step out in faith. And that sounds really cliche. All those words are very churchy. Um, but what it, what it means is, is, is simply just taking a step in a direction you're uncomfortable with. If you're trying to hear the Lord's voice and you go, okay, Lord, um, tell me about, tell me about Gunner. And then you're like, okay. And you're thinking about it. And the Lord's like, He's gifted prophetically. Because he is. Not making you uncomfortable. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe you're praying for somebody in a circumstance and you feel like you have something to contribute. Maybe the Lord put something in your heart to share. You take risk and you step out and go to that person and go and you and you explain it. It's nothing you don't have to be super spiritual. It's like, hey, this is happening. Um, I know this is going on in your life, but I feel like I need to share this right here with you. I need to share this scripture with you, um, the scripture that doesn't make any sense to me, but I feel like the Lord wants you to have it. And they may receive it well. They may not, but you take that risk. Maybe the Lord says, pray for that person. That's a scarier, that's a scarier act for me. 
or it took some getting over. I still have some anxiety about it, but maybe the Lord says, pray for that person. Well, what am I, what am I gonna say? What, what, how do I even, what? And you sit there and you're like, and the Lord just says, pray for them. And, and guys, I've had more of a response from people. The most common response I get from people when I pray for them is, thank you, that made my day. And all I did was give them the Lord didn't deliver anything super spiritual. It was, hey, can I pray for you? I feel like I'm supposed to pray for you. Yeah, sure, okay. And mo- like 99.9% of the time, people will receive prayer. Don't let the devil lie to you and say they're going to get mad. There's a few people that don't want it. But most of the time, people will gladly take it. And the prayer was real simple. Jesus, bless them. Thank you for who they are. Bless them. Amen. Like, and the Lord uses, uses that to touch their heart. And they're just like, thank you so much. I needed that. And I was like, I didn't say anything profound. Like, here's this simple truth. Jesus loves you and you're awesome. So take risk. You th- if, once you begin to, to ask the Lord to speak to you, he's going to start to. And don't be afraid when he takes risk. Because when, especially in the front end, it's like riding a bike. You get training wheels. The Lord lines up people that are ready and willing to receive something from you. Or um, that that it's not a hard path. He prepares that way. He makes those initial steps really easy to build your faith so that when you get to those more uncomfortable situations where it's, hey, there's that person at Walmart in that boot. Go pray for them to be healed. You're like, oh, you've got a little bit of history, and so you can take that first step toward it. And you're not going, he's not asking you to to walk on water the the first time. So take risk. Seek the Lord, get in his word, take risk. We could have just said all that instead of all this other stuff, right? Jesus, the Bible, invite your friends. That's the generic church answer for all church questions. Jesus, the Bible, invite your friends. So guys, we're going we're gonna to pray. And I want you to ask yourself if, you're being, if, you, if you have ears to hear or if you want more sensitive ears to hear or if this is something or maybe the Lord is maybe you're you're not familiar with some of these areas and you want to be I want you to to open yourself to receive maybe maybe right now if you're not used to quote unquote hearing the Lord's voice you want to hear something I'm going to pray that the Lord speaks to you as an individual in a in a way that's crystal clear and that my prayer is that this would be a springboard to some new and greater things in the Lord for you and for our church. So Jesus, thank you. Thank you that it's not about it's not about our skill level. Thank you that it's not about our talent, but it's about you. Father, and you flowing through us. I pray, I pray, Lord, right now that you would speak to each one in here individually a word they need to hear. that you would affirm who they are to you. And that still small voice, Lord, that you would affirm that they have ears to hear, that they do, in fact, have ears to hear. It's not something that has skipped them. It's something that they possess right now. And I pray this week, Lord, that you would just continually reaffirm who they are in you. Continually 
continually speak to them in moment to moment, Lord, that it would be so obvious that you were speaking to them and that they would be so encouraged that they were hearing you. And I pray for that sensitivity to remain, that gifting, that, that ear to remain and your voice to have, a, to have a more solid place in their heart. In Jesus' name.